Welcome to Curmudgeon's Corner for Friday, December 10th, 2021. And as we speak, it is 3.14.15 UTC. So that's pi. Wow. That's pi. Yeah. You know, except it's not really pi because it's base 60. Yeah. I say this every yeah. time it happens. But, you know, it's 3.14. 314 whatever oh, whatever it's close enough close enough it, it's it's the numbers it's not really pie it's a bit but what you, you know it's cool anyway i say close enough for horseshoes and hand grenades yeah right. exactly so anyway i'm sam mentor that is yvonne bow you hear talking uh and we are here for yet another exciting episode of curmudgeon's corner so you know you throw that word out there, exciting. And, exciting, you know, yes. So I was walking, you know, I don't know why I, this came into my mind. Well, there's an application that I have to use in my company called Q, okay? Now, okay. they use just the like letter the, the letter Q? Q? Yeah, letter Q, okay? Okay, not it was the word. Like, like, like the QAnon people. Okay, the, 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 we're, we're not that kind of people. But anyway, but, but, but you know, we use the letter Q. It's been around way before that. Okay. Uh, it's actually written on because, you know, our company owns Siebel. So it's written on Siebel. Okay. That I remember. So, or maybe not. Anyway, that's irrelevant. Bottom line, it's been around for a while. So I was walking the other day and why the hell does the word Q, the, the one that is like a Q of things, has, has all these letters afterwards that make no sound? When I first learned this, the first time I ever heard of this word, I was 12 years old and I was in Puerto Rico. Okay. All right. And what happened is that I'm reading a manual uh, about these cues that were created in the system uh, that I, this, this, this application, the, 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 the airline reservation system had these cues that you had to re- re- review every, every so often. Those cues were there because what happened was uh, a, a flight schedule changed. So that that reservation would put in a queue. And so it, it's put on that queue so you could contact the customer and tell them, hey, you know what? Back then, there was no app or anything on your phone. There's no way you would know unless your travel agent called you and told you, hey, you know what? That flight that you were on that was departing at 845 is now leaving at 8. So you need to be at the airport earlier. So the, the but they had this was pretty, pretty cool. Okay, all right. It's like you logged into this queue every day and it would show you like, uh, schedule changes, cancel it, it, that kind of stuff, okay? So I was reading in the manual about the queue. Now, uh, me, you know, uh, living in Puerto Rico and not having really, I was the, not a lot of English speakers around me where I was. I'm reading this, and I kept pronouncing this Q, how would you say this? Q-U-E? Q-U-E? For years, on the Q-U, on the Q-U, okay, whatever. And, you know, but it also goes, you just said exciting. We have exiting, exciting. What the fuck, man? Seriously. Okay. This fucking language is so fucked up. Okay. Yes. It, it, English has all kinds of very irregular things because of how it was, how it evolved from a merging of several languages. You know, in Spanish, it's, it's, it's written one way and it's said that way. Period. End of fucking discussion. Yes. So, so anyway, yeah. So I, I was just. What, what, what are you saying, Yvonne? 
I mean, so fucked up. I mean, why, 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 I mean, why the hell did they put all those letters after the letter Q anyway? In Q, you're not going to say them. So why don't I just make it Q? At some point in the history of the word, they probably were pronounced. You may be right. Hmm. Now you got to research why the, the, the origin of the fucking word Q? <laughs> Oh, no, man. I don't have time for this shit right now. I'm too tired anyway. So, anyway... If you guys want to, like, hit us up with that, I'll take the, I'll take the research. Yeah, yeah. Someone else can do that research. Yes, uh, exactly. The agenda for well, the show... Well, we can tell our producer. Yeah, yes, our, our producer. Um, okay. The okay. agenda for the show... We're going to do this but first segment. I, I, I was thinking Yvonne was going to talk for 10 minutes about cues, and that would just be it for him. But, no, we're going to have a but first segment. Yvonne and I will both talk about something whatever and then two main segments first up just check in on the economy and stuff uh there were new unemployment numbers that i've been hearing people say you know are the you know the lowest number of people submitting for unemployment since like the 60s or something like that like crazy stuff um and so we'll talk about that uh because it's been a few weeks <laughs> since the last time we talked about the economy. Uh, and then I figured we'd do investigations for the second segment. Uh, we've got the January 6th investigation. There were a lot of developments this week. Uh, actually, most of them were in the last 24 hours before we're recording. Uh, same thing with the New York investigation of Donald Trump. There were some things that happened uh, this uh, in the last day or so. Um, and I figured that's, that's what we'll talk about. I mean, I, I talked some about Omicron last week and, you know, that it's, it's continuing, you know, that, that stuff, but, um, and you know, something seems to be simmering with the Ukraine and there's, uh, there's all kinds of other stuff going on, but these are the ones we picked. So there you go. So Yvonne, do you want to go or you want me to go for this first thing, first thing, first thing, thing? Well, I, I, I was going to talk about that. You know, Sam's the one that always brings, like, I read a book or did something or whatever. And so, and I actually, you know, I have read several books this year, not just one. I've actually, my book reading, um, for whatever reason, the last couple of years has increased uh, a, a lot. So I, I, I've read several books. Uh, uh, yeah, so, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting pretty proud of myself about this. Um, so one of the books I read, um, it's an older book, but it was referred to by somebody in the podcast that I listened to, The Lebertard Show, which talks about a ver wide variety of subjects, even though it's from ESPN. They talk about a lot of things. And uh, one of the people on the show had written a book that was called What Made Maddie Run? And so um, What Made Maddie Run was a book published... I think it's about five years ago, um, about uh, a student athlete that was um, a, a freshman at University of Pennsylvania that committed suicide at the age of 18, 19. Um, and she was a student athlete that struggled with the transition to college um, and how the freshman year of college is a very difficult year. I will say that for myself, it was a very difficult year, uh, transition, obviously not as difficult. It's just a massive change from living at home with your parents. It's not just living at home with my parents. I will say that that was definitely, uh, a change. I, I don't know if that was 
I, I, I will say that I don't think that that was the most impactful thing. I think the most impactful thing was um, the fact that I moved to a place where I didn't have any of my friends anymore. You know, your network of people that you know, uh, culturally extremely different. Right. In your, in your case, you moved from Puerto Rico to Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, culturally, it couldn't have been more night and day. Right. I, 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 I remember in my situation, like, I didn't have, like, you know, I, I'm completely antisocial. I did not have a network of friends that I kept up in, with in high school at all. So, th- like, basically, my world was my parents, and, you know, I was ready to move beyond them. But I did have some culture shock as well. I moved from the Washington, D.C. area to Pittsburgh, and there was a difference there, but nowhere near the difference you're describing. No, no. I, I mean, you know, we were like, I mean, come on, in Puerto Rico, we were in high school. We were, we were going out, we would go out to bars and partying and whatever. I had a girlfriend, you know, that I was going out with and some other friends. We used to go hang out every day, be at the beach, do all the stuff or whatever. And let's be clear about this. 18-year-olds in, 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 in Pittsburgh, the only social activity that I saw that that was kind of similar to what we did uh, in uh, Puerto Rico was the fraternities. Mm. That was it. Nothing else. Because you really weren't allowed to go anywhere. Because you weren't old enough. Right. Um, and so the entire social interaction was very different. Um, it's just, it was just a very different. Uh, so that was one thing. So back to the book. Um, so, so this person was struggling with that transition. Um, a lot more than others. Um, and, uh, I mean, she, it, it, it's just, um, it talked about how difficult it, it was for, and it comes from the point of a student athlete, um, and the pressures that student athletes have uh, to perform. Um, I mean, and, and how it's difficult for many of them to to quit and say no, because of all the expectations that are around them, especially going to an Ivy League school that like this, this girl went that went to Penn. And it's one of the things that I know that I could relate to uh, was uh, that, you know, you're in high school, uh, you're probably at the time, you know, I was one of those people that was one of the smartest guys in the class. Okay, period. Okay. And, you know, you go to Carnegie Mellon, well, you know, we had a dime a dozen people smarter than I was. Everybody there was the smartest person in their class. Exactly. And that was the same thing that she was experiencing and how, how much harder it was to get good grades. I mean, that I really had to work at it because we were being graded on a curve on everything. And so when you're with that group of people, the level of effort that it took to excel was a lot harder. She was experiencing, and that's the thing that I related to her, that she was experiencing that as well. In that transition, but add to that that she was a student athlete. And I remember um, when I was very young, I was, uh, i got to say, about something like nine years old. So in my family, many, almost all my brothers had jo- joined the swim team. Okay. All right. And um, I, I was a good swimmer and I had been, my parents went and put me on the swim team as well. And I was on the swim team, I'm going to say at least six months, okay? Uh, and the practices were grueling. It was five days a week, every day after school. 
And, um, I mean, the grind was just ridiculous. And I just, at some point I said, fuck this. I'm not doing this. I don't care. I was very good. I was better than a lot of kids that were way older than I was. But I just one day came home and I said, you know what? I'm not fucking doing this anymore. I can't, I can't play. I can't watch cartoons anymore because back then we couldn't even record them. I, I, I can't do anything. All I'm doing is like leaving fucking school five days a fucking week to be at the, at the, at the, at the damn, you know, swim practice. I quit. And that was it. And it was the same thing that, ha- and, and I did that also for, um, I was always the damn idiot that on the school plays was always made to p- play the lead. Because I could memorize all the lines. And most of the plays were in English. And I was the guy who spoke the best English and, by the way, could memorize all the fucking lines. And I don't know. I think it was around the same time that that happened. I went to my teacher and for the fifth straight year, I'm the fucking lead on the play. You know what I said? I quit. What? Yes, I quit. Why? Because all I'm doing is fucking rehearsing damn play lines at home every day. I'm done. Have somebody fucking else doing it. Okay? Uh, And I realized that I had the strength to do that. And look, that doesn't make me a better person, okay, in any way than this person. Not at all. I'm, I'm mentioning it because I saw how difficult it was for her. She was struggling under this weight. She was in a in a track team, and she just couldn't bring to just put her foot down and just say no. Because all the burden and the guilt and the stress and the pressure of everybody and the expectations that she felt that everybody had looking at her if she did. Especially with social media, uh, Instagram, and all this stuff. And she she just kept looking at all these people that were like doing so well and perfect and whatever. Why the fuck am I the one failing, you know? Which we didn't have that fucking pressure. Thank God. Um, That... Um, and, you know, at the start of her second semester where she went and she went to try to quit and her coach kind of talked her into, Hey, why don't you, um, why don't you just take a break? Why don't we plan this or whatever? She methodically planned her suicide and, uh, she went to, uh, ninth floor of a freaking parking garage and just jumped. And I was just... I was just, you know, I mean, it's so, yeah, me, I I feel really sad for this person, okay, and uh, it's, um, and I, you know, one my one of the things that I I, I str- that I struggle with about this is that, you know, it's a sensation that that I don't feel, and I I, I want to be a- I would like to be able to. I mean, I, I think I, I would like to be able to have something give to that person to be able to to get out of that. But it isn't a tip. It's 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 not like if you do this, then you'll be fine. Um, and they talked about the struggle of those people getting help 
even at school, counseling, how I think she reached out for counseling, but then, you know, she had to wait weeks for it and how student athletes didn't get it and so forth. Uh, and, and how that was, that, that was, um, that's been a problem. And then today, you know what? I stumbled on this article on the New York Times that I, I just, I, 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 I'm still racking my brain about this article. I, I didn't finish reading it yet. I mean, I read, I, I read a good chunk of it, but it talks about, so, um, so the reference here is, uh, it's where the despairing log on and learn ways to die by Megan Tui and Gabriel JX dance, uh, published December 9th, 2021. Uh, Yvonne shared the link earlier. So th- there's the reference. Go ahead, Yvonne. I have not read it myself. And, and, and it, it, look, th- this article, the, st- the stuff that I read here, uh, uh, almost made me, I mean, go into a rage because what happened a lot here, it's this website group that well it was a it was a reddit group but they they kept morphing it now it's in a website or something or whatever uh man people basically just saying oh oh i want to kill myself and then there people go and saying yeah 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 go yeah it's like what they have these goodbye threads what they called i mean these are sick okay they're sick, not because of the thought that this person's trying to sh- share with people how they feel. It's like, uh, it's because, you know, because the messages, these people put this goodbye thread and all these other people were just encouraging him and egging him on. And I was just like, I mean, fuck. I mean, they post how to kill yourself, what to do it with. And then basically encourage you to go through with it. I mean, this is fucking... These people are sick. Because I see somebody that's going to harm themselves. What I want to do is, like, try to figure out how to help them. Not fucking encourage them to go do it. And, and look, and, and to be clear, they're, they're... You know, these are not sort of... You know, you're in the end stages of terminal cancer and want to make sure that no! you die pleasantly instead of, you know, in agony. Uh, this, this, these are very different situations. You know what the worst thing is? This fucking website has about, I read in, I think, a place in Oracle, three times more visitors than suicide prevention lines. Three times! Um. So, um, hmm, I don't know. I, I just, uh, you, you know, you, you, you mentioned not having sort of personal experience with these kinds of thoughts. I, I haven't either. Like, you know, I've been, you know, I've been sad at various points. I've even say right, it, I've been depressed. I mean, Jesus, I, yeah. you've known I've been depressed. You know, I've gone through bad breakups and, you know, job loss or, or like family tragedies or stuff like that. And, you know, well, hell, it kicks you in the butt. It keeps you in the in the butt, of course. I mean, I felt. I, I mean, I, obviously, I'm I'm not saying that. You know, and I remember having like difficulties with the relationships and how how that's been a struggle. But there's a fundamental difference between that sort of feeling and when you move into this. When it's it's right. When, when you're actually contemplating, uh, you know, contemplating suicide or when or yeah. You know, and there's also there's you know 
depression versus like clinical depression where your 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 actual brain chemistry is all screwed up as well um there there are different factors at play here you know so it it is hard for me to understand I, i'm like i don't understand how anyone could feel that way at the same time though um you know i you know and i I've been extremely lucky so far. I haven't had anyone I know really well personally uh, commit suicide. However, my wife had several friends commit suicide. My daughter has had a couple of friends commit suicide. Um, you know, it, it, it's all over the place. It's very common. It's uh, if, if you rank sort of causes of death, suicide is way up there, you know, Um and you you wish it wouldn't, and you wish we had more supports and ways to deal with it, but uh, it's it's disturbingly common. He says that the community was made as a place where people can speak, speak freely speak about their issues without having to wor worry about being saved or giving empty platitudes. And I, I, you know, empty platitudes. I'm just like. You know, I will say one thing that uh, there is, I mean, there's a lot of people in the world that kind of like are hypocr hypocritical and just say shit that they don't mean. I get that. But, um, you know, when I was reading this book about this girl, Maddie, and how her grandfather was concerned and grandfather loved her to death and this doted grandfather hadn't heard her for a while and he was like checking up on her you think i do you think a guy was giving empty platitudes you know go fuck yourself with your stupid giving empty platitudes you know that family of hers they weren't giving empty platitudes they really appreciated that girl right they really cared they wish they could have done something the the other thing that this article notes, I'm just scanning through it. It's got a, a few charts and graphs, but one that's striking uh, is amongst fourteen, uh, sorry, amongst fifteen to twenty four year old people, the suicide rate is forty five percent higher now than it was in two thousand nine. So mm -hmm. there, it is. You know, we, we we talk about COVID as an epidemic and everything, but th this is also something. And people have shown as well, by the way, that. Um, Suicide does somewhat spread in clusters uh, because yes. because people, you know, when, when they hear about it and are like, oh, then maybe that that person did it. I, maybe it's an option for me, too, and blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, if, if not, you know, addressed, you know, it, it, it can expand that way because you, you do get copycats and you get sort of these clusters and uh, it's it's just all very sad. Yeah. And, and, and look, um, I know a lot of people that struggle with depression, uh, including my wife, you know, uh, and, um, you know, my wife will be one that clearly would tell you that at first, uh, you know, is very difficult to find a right combination of things where she has been able to manage it a lot better than she, than she was. And we're, you know, the good days are a lot more than the bad ones. Right. Uh, you know? Um, and so it's not, you know, how we say empty, empty help. Um, there's a lot of things that help. But also at the same time, I will tell you that 
you know, there's a lot of help, but you, you, you know, I still remember one of the most despondent people that I knew dealing with suicide was the CEO of Pfizer that created Prozac and his wife, you know, committed suicide depression. You know, think about somebody that, you know, on, on, on the face of it, the veneer had everything what, including a husband that developed one of the medications that's most used to combat, um, you know, depression. I remember, you know, one thing that I read about him saying, it was like, look, I mean, you want to talk, you want to talk about futility? I fucking ran a company that made medicine to help this shit that helped millions. And still, I couldn't even fucking save my wife. You know, talk about helpless. But anyway, so that so I read the book. Look, what made Maddie run is a very good book. It it it, it you know the author tried to, with the help of the family and a lot of people, tried to give a picture of how. You know of this person, and how a lot of people missed. A lot of the signs and stuff about what was going on. And what she was advocating was, especially because I, uh, you know, what she, what she was advocating for student athletes, uh, in large part because they have a lot more stress of perfection than a lot of people, and so, um, and that the the programs really give very little help to these folks because an athlete, you know, if they they quit a team, they're quitters. You're not, hey, you're, you're weak. There's this culture of, you know, it's, well, these were women, but it was like machismo in a certain, in a certain way, you know, that nobody quits, you know, uh, you can't be sick. You can't call out and, and it engenders this and even in a worse way. Um, and now, you know, I've seen that for certain professions, professional athletes, I mean, the suicide rates after retirement are like extremely high because a lot of their self-worth is, t- is tied to that as well. So, so I recommend the book. It was a good book. Thumbs up. It's not a happy subject, but it's a, but it's something, it was, it, it was a good, it was a good read and, um, uh, you know, Oh, it's just a good to honor the girl who really struggled with that. So anyway. All right. So anything happier to report? Uh, so, so you want something happy to end out this segment? I, I was thinking that, you know, I gave you some extra time and maybe that was it. But uh, something happy. Um, well, I I don't know that this counts as happy, but it'll be kind of short. Why do I even ever say that? Why do I even say it? Okay. Um, well, there you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, but si- since you since you did a book, why don't I do a book too? Okay, there we go. We're on the book. Of, this is the this is the Kermetsch's Corner Book Review Corner. You know, and actually on my backlog here, this is the last one I have listed, but it's not actually the last thing. I have some more books and movies. I just haven't entered them in yet. I'll have to catch up after this. But, um, you know, w- when like when I started the job I'm and apparently it was a tradition for people that were brought into the team at that time, uh, gave out a copy of Sun Tzu's the art of war. Oh my God. For real. For real. For real. What a cliche. (laughs) And I'm like, what a cliche. I'm like, it's just the ultimate cliche. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, you're not even in sales. What the hell? No. no. I not- expect this for like something like a strategy group sales whatever you know well the 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 notion was you know for for the for those who don't know for the last few years i've been doing uh anti-abuse stuff where you know people are trying to do bad things on my company's website that aren't helpful and we're combating that so it's it's still like the metaphor of war right you know they're you're doing things and then they're countering and then you're doing things and they're count what whatever anyway i i sort of rolled my eyes when i got it to be honest uh and i put it on the shelf and I, you know i put it on my list to eventually read and i finally got around to it and i i finished it uh last july you did finish it. I, I did finish it. I, I have started reading Sun Tzu Art of War a couple of times. I must admit that I've never finished it. Well, you know, I, you know, I force myself to finish these things. Um, it did. Oh, take, I know. you're more disciplined about forcing yourself to finish something, even if it takes twenty years. Yeah, this. and and I, 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 yeah, I could look up how long it took me, but it, it took me a while because you know, look, it the 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 whole thing for those of you who have not uh, looked at this book. Um, it's a relatively short book and it's like just a list of quick little one or two sentence sayings grouped into sort of categories of, you know, things that are relevant to, to warfare in one way or another. If if the fish are flying, go fish or something like that, whatever. Not quite. And I'm, I'm looking because like, (laughs) I'm I'm overly simplifying it. Yeah. What? Well, it's it's actually more practical than that. Sometimes it's not always no, just no, the fuzzy no. stuff. I know, I know, but you know, I'm I'm just trying to make it more. I'm not Shakespearean. I, I'm trying to put where I put. I, I thought I still had this thing on my desk, but I'm not seeing it now. And uh, I can't rhyme or whatever. I mean, well, sometimes I can, but so who knows cool. where this thing? But you know, it has things like you know, uh, you know, you. You want to position the battlefield so the sun is in your enemy's eyes and stuff like that, you know? And right, well, that's what, what, what the hell's different from what I said? So well, you, you were talking shit. about fish or something. And, you know, it, it's got some things like, well, you know, it's, it's got some things about how to manage your army. It's like, you know, if, it, you know, you, you ask people to do something, if somebody doesn't, you chop their head off and then the other people will do what you say, you know? Things well, like- that's very <laughs> encouraging for, you know, for a management. <laughs> yes, uh, you know, for my employees. Well, there you go. Here's the rule number three. Oh, you're not doing what I said. We'll chop your head off. I- exactly. You know, once you do that a couple times, Practical. other people fall in line. Gee, <laughs> well, I wonder what could be, you know, motivating them to do that. Uh, anyway, like this thing, I've I've heard about this thing my entire freaking life, practically, about how, like, this is wisdom that's applicable not just to war, but to life and to business and to everything and blah, 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 blah. This thing is so horribly overrated. Like, like most of the stuff, <laughs> most of the stuff I found there, like, it's like, okay, yeah, okay, that, that, that makes sense, you know, like, you know, uh, but... N- you know, I don't know. It, it, I just, I, I, I honestly felt like most of it was stupid. And I know it's like a classic that goes back hundreds and hundreds of years and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I can see how some of these things apply. You know, they're talking about like on the battlefield, what you want to do differently. Like if you're in a gorge, 
versus you're like, you know, in a flat plane versus you're on a mountain versus and what to do with your supply lines and stuff like this. But it's these little one sentence oversimplified quips and, you know, that really are fairly military based. And, you know, frankly, you know, it's, it's hundreds and hundreds of years old. It's not even that applicable to like modern day military stuff, you know, because, Hey, technology changes everything. Airplanes change everything. You know, it's, it's, you know, you, you, you can't fight a war like you're on horseback 1500 years ago. You know, it's it's just not the same thing. Um, but you know, when you apply to to life in general as well, it's like the whole, you know, you know, just the example of like the making example of somebody and chop their head off or kill them or execute them or whatever. It's like the the viewpoint is so like horribly cynical, and you know, it, it's it. I don't know. Some of some of the individual pieces of advice might be okay, might be applied, might be applicable in various situations, but overall, it's like you got to be kidding me. People have been like holding up this book as like some like font of wisdom for like forever, you know? <laughs> no. So basically, like, you're 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 giving a, a middle finger to. <laughs> Yeah, forget so, the thumbs down, it, middle finger. The yeah, thumbs down. You're giving the big fat middle finger to Sun Tzu, the art of war. Yeah, I mean, it's just there I, you I, go. I like this. So, so now we've got a new rating in our system. <laughs> you know, it's it's just I found I found it like tedious, and <laughs> that's I'm, why I've never finished reading it. it. It's te- very tedious. It, it's tedious. It was uninteresting. I did not find anything particularly insightful about it. I found much that was like completely like you roll your eyes if you try to apply it en- to anything other than ancient warfare. Um, and just generally like, I'm like, really, really? And, and, you know, he gave me like a nice hardcover with a fancy cover and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, Ooh. It, it had like this red cloth cover. You know, and it's <laughs> yes. Wow. And, and I understand like I, the, the version he gave me did have like a little introduction section talking about the history of it. I understand that there are other editions out there that aside from the text of the original also have pages and pages of analysis talking about how each bit might apply to the modern day world in whatever area of whether it's business or management or life or whatever, uh, I did not have one of those. So uh, mine, aside from that little introduction, um, uh, was basically just the text of the thing itself. Obviously translated from Chinese. I don't know ancient Chinese. You know, Wait, is it Chinese or Japanese? Chinese. It's Chinese. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I do not know that language. So I did read a translation in English, um, but yeah, no. <laughs> well, we're all shocked, Sam. <laughs> I mean, we are very disappointed at your fucking lack of fluency in Chinese. Yeah. I think I can say, uh, I think, uh, Ni Hao. I think that's, that's high. I think. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, You're ahead of me already. Just, well, yeah, I'm a little bit. Yeah, that's about it, basically. 
So yeah, no, uh, the the mi- middle finger up for Sun Tzu's Art of War. There you go. There's my review. There you go. We we find, we got a review. We're giving, you know we gave it the middle finger. I'm very proud of our, our show. <laughs> okay, uh, let's take a break then, and uh, we will be back, and I will ask Yvonne to expound a bit. Expound. <laughs> expound. Ex- expound expound a bit as things look fall. at least the, the good news is that i i was reminded this week that my name is not like this guy who's the head of the ioc or whatever that's called dick pound and this is a real thing uh-huh i, I thought you were going to start talking about pronouncing the extra u's and stuff in expound no <laughs> but but you know dick i mean how could parents name a guy the guy is dick pound anyway that that, that that's lovely Yvonne. Okay, we will be back in a minute for unemployment, economy, all kinds of fun stock market, whatever, like all that kind of fun stuff. We'll be back after this. AfricaFocus.org features high-quality analysis and progressive advocacy on African issues with a particular attention to priority issues affecting the entire continent. The heart of the website is the Africa Focus Bulletin. Other features include regularly updated Africa-related news feeds and a set of country pages with extensive background and links on each African country. If you follow African issues or are even curious, visit africafocus.org today. Okay, we are back. So the headline that got me to put this on the agenda today uh, was just this unemployment number. And I guess what they were talking about was not the unemployment rate, but the number of new claims for unemployment uh, were at the lowest level since I think it was late 1960s sometime. Uh, So forever, like before either one of us were born. Um, And uh, I guess the unemployment rate has also been diving. The uh, you know, and we've talked a little bit before about uh, the tight labor market. I saw something uh, just earlier today about how the number of people quitting is also at a, a, a long time high, uh, but that most of these people that, who are quitting are actually quitting to move to higher paying jobs. They're not just like quitting to go home or something. So what what's the overall picture here? I know we were talking a few weeks ago about inflation and worries of a potential uh, new recession at some point. But then you've got some of these things that seem like a- at least for people in the working class seem like good indicators. Like people have jobs, people are making more money, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, how's this all fit into the big picture, Yvonne? Well, I, here's the one thing there, there, there is, uh, there is, even as people get more jobs and get more money in their pockets because they're moving to higher paying jobs, I think that it doesn't really, uh, uh, Eliminate from them the sticker shock of going and seeing expensive gas, and there there are certain things uh, that that we shop that just stick out at people. I think, I think that um, if other prices were the ones that were moving, I don't think it's as noticeable. 
But I think that always there's always this shock of gas and food, gas and food, gas and food. I mean, gas and food that always, you know, I don't think that anybody gave a shit about inflation when over 30 years ago, um, uh, the price of European imported cars in the mid 80s, like soared, like almost doubled because of the because the dollar fell significantly against uh, European currencies. Uh, Nobody gave a shit. They, no, nobody was like, you know, who, who's crying about, you know, about the fact that a Mercedes cost went from in what was a relatively short order from like $65,000 to $120,000 for the same car in like, you know, a year. Or how there are movements in like certain items like that, imp- certain imported products. They just, you know, they don't, th- those don't have the impact that uh, fuel uh, has on in people's minds. And I think that that's the, I think that's the biggest reason why people are reacting uh, to that with a certain uh, negativism, uh, despite the fact that they may have more money in their pockets and that they're in a better financial position, uh, most people, that they've been in a long time. Um, so, so what do you make of these numbers, like best since the '60s and all this kind of stuff? Is this like, is this like real, or is this like some sort of bounce back effect from that's only enabled by the fact that there was such a big decline last year? Well, I think that it's true in terms of the fact that we've had fewer people getting fired. I, I you know, because unemployment is a product of layoffs, and. You know, the, the, I mean, unemployment claims is a product of layoffs, okay? Not just resignations. And people are uh, not really willing to fire people right now because they keep seeing how hard it is to hire people. I I, I spoke this week with several people in... Uh, in labor, you know, manual labor trades. Like uh, I was talking to uh, a big roofing contractor down here, and I was talking to somebody in the uh, auto mechanic business. And you know, one guy was telling me about how even you know, offering twenty five dollars an hour. Uh, he, you know, for uh, for for what was like, you know, it was manual labor. It was like you know, not. You know, this this is not something that required uh, a college degree, okay? This is, you know, this was just manual labor that you could be trained on. Offering $25 an hour, he couldn't get people to take the job. Now, I, I think um, <laughs> one thing that I am absolutely positive is having a significant effect on some of the labor shortages, especially in the manual labor trades, has been Mr. Trump. Explain. And the big crackdown on illegal immigration. Ah. Because a lot of people that were illegal immigrants used to take those damn jobs. Okay? And, you know, this is the part where it's the dirty little secret that everybody fucking knows that you see all uh, you used to you you been still, but but the problem has been reduced of all these construction crews that you know what if you probably go through them eighty percent of them were illegals, 
90%, maybe 100% in some cases. Hmm. And they were being paid in cash. And, well, and and you, you find that, you know, legal, you know, citizens, residents of the United States don't want those jobs even at 25 bucks an hour. Wow. Who knew? Mm. Who knew that nobody wanted to be really cut out there or cutting the grass on a fucking 90 degree day in the summer? Who knew? Huh? Well, Amazing. Well, and you're seeing that all over the place, right? I mean, it's... Right! Uh, I, I mean, certainly it's all the sort of manual entry level stuff uh re- retail fast food restaurants uh you so, know and it's just the shortages trickle through everything but but okay? also i mean e- even even white collar jobs are feeling this pressure right i think that white collar jobs are feeling this pressure but i i really do truly believe that the big the, the biggest the biggest things are in all the jobs like uh at the lower end of the scale, the ones right. that really need, cannot be done. Well, and that that's one of the interesting things. Uh, if you if you if you look at the curves that people have been showing, um, yeah, the the big beneficiaries right now are the bottom twenty percent. Yes, you know, which is you can see like you know, a lot of people are freaking out. Um, you know, I, I saw a couple clips from uh, you know, people you know, complaining about how hard it is to get uh, workers and how you can't get anybody to come in and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, uh, and fine, like you see the complaints of sort of the ownership class of like, hey, hey, we, you know, we're going to have to pay people more. Oh, my fucking God. You know, I know. But like for it, because almost all of the you know, and I guess this is some of the, you know, going back decades and decades stuff is that the economic realities of the last few decades have been, we've had amazing economic growth, but it's been concentrated on the top, the top, yes. you know, the top half, and especially the top, 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 but like, you know, the, the, the middle class, upper middle class did okay too, but you know, but the 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 bottom couple of you know the bottom forty percent or so uh, have they the got most, fucked have they pre- got fucked yeah they, they got fucked and for once it seems like we're in an economic scenario that's actually favoring that group and the folks who and a lot of people are angry yeah a lot of people are angry like you know what the fuck are you you these these people don't deserve more money yeah and and I hear that. I've heard that said over and over. Ah, oh, you know why should that job get twenty dollars an hour? And I'm like, fuck. I mean, I, I'm just, you know, I'm like, try you fucking living on the twenty fucking bucks an hour. A, a bunch of people have made the comment, so this is not original to me, of like all of these capitalists who like love supply and demand until it's benefiting the other guy. You know, here's the funny thing that, you know, I guess I'm the only fucking real capitalist around here because, among these assholes, okay? Because you've, have you heard me complain about this once? No. And I'm a pretty damn good capitalist that you know that. And so th- these guys are just pricks. I, I mean, th- this is like perfect example of capitalism working, right? Yes. I mean, I, I think it's fantastic. 
I, I think, it, and I, I, you know, that's the thing. Because I'm a real fucking capitalist. I think it's great. Because, you know, if you have a, a, a certain kind of regulated capitalism that I that I look towards, it shouldn't be a capital a capitalism where the 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 wealthy and, and and you know the ones that are making money can somehow push down labor rates in a way that they're not getting the benefits of an increase in demand. They should be. And so when I see it working, I'm like thinking, perfect. This is the way it should be. And, you know, when I see people pissed off about it, I'm like, you know, you fuckers are capitalists until the day that, you know what, the people that you don't like because you don't think they deserve it. It's the same thing as like, they, they complain the same thing as about why these people are not deserving of getting Medicare or Social Security. It's the same shit. It's the same group of people that are upset about other people getting the the the, the government checks. Oh, I deserve my government check. But they don't. Right. Yeah, it's fine as long as it's going to me or people like me. As soon as yes. it's as soon as it's going to the other guy, well, fuck that. Fuck them. Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. Um so it, it, look, it, it, the thing is that it still goes back. Look. I've said this before. You can't lay off 13 million people losing their jobs and you think that you hire back 13 million people back. I could fire in one fucking day. Listen, I could I, listen. I could go. You give me four or five people. I could I could I could fire a thousand people in a day in one day. <laughs> okay. Oh fuck it, I'll I'll do it. Done. Okay, I can get it done. Try hiring a thousand people in one day. Right. Not happening. Right. Hiring managers have a tendency to procrastinate doing hiring. Because interviews are hard. You have to go through all these resumes. Then they get perfectionist about who the fuck they want to hire. We want all these certifications and qualifications and blah, blah, blah. You know, and they don't know what the fuck to hire anyway, for the most part. Um, And people are really shitty when it comes to hiring. Okay? And they drag their feet. And it's exhausting, and it takes a long time. Okay? Mm-hmm. And so you get that, and so that's a lot of the effect that you have, that you could, you know, sorry, but you're not hiring this many people back that quickly, because a lot of those people didn't sit there waiting for those jobs, okay? Right. To go back to that same job. And the second thing is that a lot of people are getting really, not everything is back to where the hell it was. I'm seeing a lot of professions struggling with worker retention anyway. Mm-hmm. Um such such as uh teachers. I just saw that the D- Detroit school district basically because they were struggling to retain teachers. How starting around November, they basically started doing 4 day 4 day w- 4 days a week of school. Right. Because they were they were struggling they were struggling to keep the teachers. Okay? Yeah. And parents were pissed off and whatever and whatnot. And I get it because, you know, they depended on that for care. And, um, you know, but it's like, but, you know, it's a very, very difficult situation. And, well, we pay teachers like shit. We know that. They have Mm -hmm. a really hard job. 
They have to deal with, like, fucking school shootings, angry parents, and fucked up kids. And and in most places, they're expected to work way more than uh, scheduled hours and uh, and pay for, like, a lot of their own supplies and things like that because the schools don't do it for them. Uh, Yeah. Teachers are one of the most criminally underpaid things out there, and part of yep. part of that too, you know, especially you know, in the public school system, is you know, people don't want to raise their taxes to pay more, <laughs> you know, um, and you know, frankly, it's like if if anything, should, you know, there there, you know, you can you can argue supply and demand on all kinds of things, and teachers, of course, are part of that, and maybe this is you know finally working in their favor but if you were trying to decide sort of how much to pay various jobs based on like importance you know teachers would be way up there <laughs> fuck teachers should be, get, get a lot more money yeah um look i still remember uh you know a, a, a mutual friend of ours is my girlfriend i you know i i, I went she worked as a teacher my God, did I spend a lot of time helping her correct papers and doing shit until late hours at night. Mm. Oh, my God. And I, I mean, I did it because she, I mean, I saw her working every damn night. Right. And I'm like, well, I got to help with this shit. I mean, I got to help with this shit. What the hell am I going to do? Just watch her like there, like not doing the work. And, I, you know, one of the things is that um, I care about kids learning. So I did it, you know, in a certain way, you know, in my head, I'm like, look, I, I mean, you're helping people learn, you know, and I'm good with that, I, you know, but, I, um, yeah. and, and, you know, look, luckily she didn't have to, what she made of that job, which was pitiful, you know, she didn't need, you know, she could, she could live with, you know, she didn't need the money. Right. Okay. All right. She really didn't need it. Okay. Um, but, uh, but shit, you know, I mean, if, if you really, you couldn't live on what she earned. Right. I remember, um, and obviously this has been a long time and things have changed somewhat since then, but right out of college, I remember going to an information night or something at a, uh, at, at a, you know, for, for teaching jobs in, in like the school system that I actually went to high school in. And I remember coming out of that, like they had like a little information sheet on pay scales and such, you know, and there were two things that were absolutely striking to me about that. One was how much you got paid was almost 100% based just on how long you'd been there. Uh, You got a little bonus if you got, if you got additional degrees or something, but it was basically how long have you been here? You know, and you got a certain amount more each year. Not nothing in there about performance, nothing about that. And then also just all of it, even the very top end of the scale, if you'd been there like 50 years or whatever, was still like pitifully low. Yes, and, and it's I, terrible. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not applying for this. <laughs> you know, I, I thought for a little while, like, hey, it would be fun. Like, it would be fun to be a physics teacher or something like that, you know? And I'm looking at it like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that just won't work, you know? And, and I, I, you know, I got to admire the people who are dedicated enough to do it. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, the, the, the point is though, that the current nature of the economy is such that these jobs are finally getting some leverage. Uh, you know, yes. and so I saw something about like, uh, you know, the, the, the 
unions have been in the news more in the last couple months than they have been in years, it seems like. You know, yes. with with new unions organizing, people going on strike, they, you know, now they've had mixed success. Uh, but, you know, you're, you're seeing that kind of stuff in a way that you haven't in a long, long time. Um, and just in general, the, the upward pressure of, um, you know, like every time I go past any place that's like retail, fast food, whatever, there's, there's help wanted signs in the window. And it seems like, you know, the, the, what they're offering, they keep offering more, you know, cause they obviously haven't cracked it yet. Um, now obviously that you, you, this ties into the inflation and everywhere else too. Like at a certain point, you, you pay people more, your prices are going to go up at those places too. Now people have pointed out, depending on the industry you're talking about, um, some of them have plenty of margin that they could cut into, but some of them don't like if you're talking groceries or something, that's not a high margin business. Listen, I don't know about that. Look, I I, I actually disagree okay. on that about groceries. Two of the most profitable companies I know are like Publix, H-E-B. All I know okay. is that's what I've always heard is like. That's yeah. what they say. And, you know, but but here's the one thing about uh, about that. OK, um, look, it, it, the, the issue isn't as much in supermarkets. Can I, can I, can I, you know, I I don't think that that's the one that is really a bigger issue. What I will tell you is a lot of the other uh, individual labor industries where employees get really paid uh, poorly, uh, you know, such as, um, for example, uh, fast food restaurants and that kind of stuff. Really inexpensive items like that, where where we, uh, you know, expect really uh, cheap uh, labor and really cheap products. Okay, um, I think that that's the a, a much bigger uh, issue. You know, teachers. Uh, you know, it's just a lot of those service industries mm-hmm. that really count on inexpensive labor uh but but here's the other part but even if you do have a margin what's to say that you know you'll these companies would be willing to sacrifice some margin rather than just increasing the prices the thing is that if you look at it over over the last 30 years it's a thing of uh sacrificing percentages uh you know, in order to maintain sales. And what I will say is that if you look at corporate profits over the last 30, 40 years, I mean, they have soared. There's just no other way to talk about it in absolute terms. And, you know, listen, it goes back to what we were saying is like, what the fuck do we want? Do we want a class of like, uh, of working people that can afford to make a living, the so-called American dream, or do we just want serfs? Right. I mean, they want indentured servitude. Is that, I mean, fuck. (laughs) And a lot of the people that get indignant about their Starbucks closing early because they can't get enough people there. So they can't get their fucking coffee. Yep. You know, 
they, they, you know, a lot of those are, you know, get indignant if they have to pay 50 extra cents for a fucking cup of coffee. Fuck them. Yeah. And one of the things, you know, uh, Alex and I would go out in late in the evening to, you know, fill up on fast food because it was quick, easy, blah, 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 blah. And, and like, you know, several of the places that used to be open till like midnight, 1am, some of them even 24 hours, they've all narrowed their hours considerably um you know some of them were closing at 10 or 11 and uh, one of them in particular was really struggling and uh you know you could never tell like they, they you know even when they theoretically were open you know you'd show up and they might have to shut down because they had nobody right and um or a couple of, you know, one time one time i i i, I will this is a and I'll reveal which one this is. This was this was a jack in the box. Okay, uh, went there, went went to the drive through window. The person says, "Sorry, we're only taking online orders right now." And <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, fine." I drive out of the drive through. I pull into a parking space. I bring order. up the app in order to make an online order. And it says, sorry, this location is only taking drive through orders right now. Well, that's one way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so obviously these places are struggling to staff. Uh, and the, uh, but the question is like, you know, at what, where, where do they give? Do they, do they just increase wages until, they get people and then raise prices. You have accordingly. to raise prices. Yeah, I, I would say yes. Yeah, I mean, what the hell else? It, it, look, if you want that convenience, you have to fucking pay for it. Right. It's that simple. And, and I guess the question is: Do some of these businesses do like? I, I'm going to exaggerate for effect here, right? Like, but if you had to pay. $20 for a fast food hamburger instead of four. Would you still want that fast food hamburger or would you do Listen, something else? Is here, that business here, still viable? Here, here is the, I, I think that, you know, you're making it, uh, yeah, I, I'm, it's I'm, ex not, I'm exaggerating, you're exaggerating the yeah. equation. Look, I, I still, I still, because I have a memory because Sam erases everything that happened in the past. Look, I remember, Back in the late seventies and eighties, that uh, when we used to sell certain certain things at the store, and how back then inflation was far more prevalent, and how we regularly increased prices on certain items, mm. and you know what? People still bought them. Yes, and I think that I mean over I think it, I think it depends on the decades, item. Right? People got scared. Mm -hmm. It was just for food items like that. Right. I, I'm I remembering. Uh, Icy's specifically. We used to sell the small cup, I remember, for 15 cents. Over like a period of like six, seven years, we raised it to 35 cents. The band was not negatively impacted one bit. Right. Okay? Not one bit. And so, um, you know, in, when, in an era of rising prices, you know, you know, price increases need to be done. And and but but a lot of people because of what's happened with prices in general in developed economies over the last thirty or forty years are scared to raise prices now because of of what demand impacts it has. However, a lot of those same companies that we're talking about with the prices 
um, they've had no problem, you know, uh, gorging on profits, Mm -hmm. on outsized profits on a lot of things. Okay. And uh, because of automation and other things and whatever, and they've kept the labor the same, but, you know, the, 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 the productivity of the labor unit, you know, kept increasing. And so, you know, they, they kept gorging on profits. And so now you're saying, you know, what, 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 you know, a lot of workers are saying, and I will say that rightly so, is that, you know what, it, it, it's, it, it shouldn't all be going to fucking, you know, to just, just the people that own the businesses. Right. We need to be making our fair share. And a lot of, and, and you know, what I'm shocked is that all these people that are appalled by this. Again. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just, I don't get it. So what, what's the balance here? And, and then we'll close this off. Like, you know, there, there are a bunch of people. Listen, listen. Is this good? I, I is this bad? You. What's the, like, and I'm talking I about the whole this picture. this is like, fucking what, good. What was that? I think this is good. Okay. I think this is good. I think it's important. I think that for society to function properly, you can't continue to have a society with income inequality that keeps rising, which is what kept happening. And and this is important for a fucking functioning democracy, which I know we have other challenges to it, but this is important for a fucking functioning democracy. And and this this is just a correction. Yes. You know, just just like you talk about stock market corrections, this is for decades now, uh, wages have not kept up with other metrics of economic growth, and maybe we're due for a correction. Yep. Um, And and so overall economic picture, though, like with everything we've talked about, about wages, about inflation, about whatever, are you still like when we talked about this and it was only a few weeks ago, you were like, yeah, I the, the the inflation is is important, and it may that it's all about the timing, and maybe we will have another recession. What what have has your have your thoughts evolved any? What what's our current situation? I don't think anybody has a crystal ball on this right now, and I can't say for you know. Look, we have the pressures out there. What I will say is that a lot of the supply and demand overall, this is the situation will not stabilize for several years. That's the reality. There is no way for it to stabilize for several years because of all the factors that are still out there, including COVID, which isn't solved in a- either. Right. Uh, yep. So, okay. Um, let's take a break and we will come back and we will talk about investigations of stuff. Things. Things. Yeah. Back after this. Ooh, 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 ooh
Since Yvonne is singing, um, I had promised Alex I would include this uh, somewhere in the show, too. So here you go. Alex Samuel's second video is beginning. 321. And also this. Alex Samuel's second video is concluding. CBA. ABC Thanks for watching. Thanks, Thanks for, watching. for watching. Okay, let's see how that turned out. Okay, and with that, it's time to talk about investigations. So there are two uh things that uh are going on right now. Uh one is the January 6th stuff, the other is the other is the New York investigation into Donald Trump. I guess there are others as well. Like there's still that Georgia investigation going on. And now, so what do you want to talk about first, Yvonne? I don't know. Uh, 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 let's talk about. Uh, thing. Okay, New York. <laughs> I wasn't clear. My statement. You're having a few issues there. Um, I'm, I'm having technical difficulties. Yeah, I don't know. Look, when you asked me about the topics for today, Sam's like, what the hell do you want to talk about? And I'm like, uh, things. Yeah. It, it has been that kind of week. I mean, honestly, like, I was not too passionate about any of the topics today. They're just no, sort of there. Exactly. I, I and, mean, and not just that, but listen, people, I've had this new job. And, I, and by the way, I do like the new job. But let me tell you something. Okay. I have been tangent busier time, than all time. balls. So I really don't know. Listen, other than some headlines on the, uh, on the, uh, 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 on the investigations, I, I'm just like, I don't know. I... I yeah, I, I saw some things. I saw that Trump, another thing, and they said they were going to, you know, going to gonna appeal it. And what? And so I don't know. So, so yeah. A anyway, so let's let's start with New York. Um, and, you know, there's not really that much to say even now. It's just moving along. And specifically what happened this time is the attorney general has subpoenaed Donald Trump for in-person testimony uh, in, in a few weeks. Um, and we'll see what happens with that, whether or not he tries to get out of it. I'm sure he'll try to get out of it in one way or another. But oh, it come on. He tries to get out of it. Listen. I've never seen any, I mean, look, this guy just loves to litigate literally everything. Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I mean, I, I've met certain people that are like this, okay? And I, it, it's just, I mean, they're exhausting, man. They, there is just no, and this guy just fucking loves spending money on fucking lures, and he stiffs some of them, as far, as far as I can tell. As well, well, yes, but you know, like everybody, but but you know, but but he just effing just loves to just my god. Well, and just, you said you said exhausting, and that's of course the whole point. Like Donald Trump's mo throughout certainly his whole presidency, but arguably no, throughout his, whole his damn life. career, yeah, 
his his whole life uh is to just run out the clock on these as much as possible like make the other guy spend as much money as they have try to outspend them so that they run out of resources before you do try to make it last so long that by the time you get to the end of it it doesn't matter anymore so half the things are moot and get tossed for that or you know or finally you grind down the other person and they settle or you know wh- whatever um and in this case um, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, delay it as long as possible. Um, you know, all of these are delayed as long as possible in, in, in all, and we're going to talk about the January 6th uh, stuff in a minute, but it's all about throwing sand into gears. It, even when they know they are making a legal argument that will never win, <clears throat> if by the process of making it, you can delay things by a month, two months, three months longer, then that serves the purpose. Right. I mean, it, it, it's all delay. It's not even like just filing anything that makes any sense. So many of their legal filings are just complete, utter, just, you know, gibberish in many cases. And they, they are just like, whatever. We'll just file whatever. We're not filing to win. We're filing to just draw it out, and then we file again, and then we appeal again, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, over and over and over. Now, in the New York case, one of the things that makes it interesting is the uh, the attorney general, uh, how do you say her name, Letitia James, um, uh, was running for governor uh, at the same time, well, the same day that she announced the subpoena of Donald Trump, she announced she was dropping out of the governor's race because there were important cases going on that she intended to drive to their conclusion. And so she was going to run for re-election as attorney general instead. Well, you know, I mean, so, so yeah, it, yeah. Now, I suspect what's going to happen with, you know, calling Trump for testimony is first of all, he's going to delay it as long as he possibly can. That's his usual MO. I don't know exactly which options are available to him at this point, what he can or can't do, but whatever's available to him, he's going to delay as long as he can. Uh, he's going to try to convince them to take it, uh, you know, written instead of, you know, in person, he's going to do all those kinds of things. Uh, in the end, um, they'll let's assume they make him sit down and do things. I saw speculation of would he plead the fifth because some of this is a civil suit in this case, but, um, you know, they've said repeatedly that if they uncover things in the process of the civil suit that are criminal, then they will investigate those criminal items as well. So is he going to come in and plead the fifth on anything? I figure more likely he's going to play that old, I can't remember game. I, I, I mean, I will say that I, I look it, myself personally in a deposition. If I had answers that I just wasn't say, I didn't feel comfortable giving. My straight up answer was that that works better. Is really I don't remember, <laughs> which gives you some plausible deniability. Okay, even if you do. Okay, you know nobody can put a gun to your head to say you remember something. Okay, and say you're 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 committing perjury. Now, if you say you didn't, you, you know, because that's a better answer than saying no. You know, 
or, or taking the fifth. Yeah, there are so there but, are there are some situations where if it's completely implausible that you don't remember, they can still go after you. But yeah, you're you're right. I mean, like how how can you say like you know how can anybody you know say uh, look what are, if there's one thing that I know about eyewitness testimony is that eyewitness testimony sucks. It's, it's highly the, unreliable, super unreliable. Uh, I mean, Jesus, you know. I mean, what I said, you know, one time that um, my, 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 I always joke with my wife that the, the best way to get me absolved of anything is for me to commit a criminal act in front of my wife <laughs> and for them to go and ask her for eyewitness testimony about it two years later. And you know what? She will truthfully say something that is completely inaccurate about what happened. Okay. All right. <laughs> And they can't nail her for perjury because what she said is what she truly believes happened, and it has no relation with what the hell happened. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, uh, I, I, I run into my son Alex here is all the time telling me about. Do you remember this that we did together? No. No, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I, he's like, do you remember this? How about this? How about this? I'm like, I, I, I have no, I, I'm like, I believe you, but I have no memory of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. My memory sucks. And I, I appreciate that. Uh, but you know, and, 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 you know, so in, y you never know what is actually what somebody does or does not remember, which is why in many of these cases, you know, the, they, they really are relying on the documents and things like that. Right. But they want, right. you have to, but in some of these situations, right? Like they want to get, they want to get an understanding of like, was, was Trump fully cognizant and aware of what he was doing? Did he understand that it was a, was against the law. You know, what was his mindset going into this? And I don't know the specific things that the New York attorney general is looking into, but as we saw with like the Donald Trump Jr. case on campaign finance, certain laws require intent. Correct. You know, and it's, you can prove all you want that they did the act. If you can't prove that they did the act with a certain type of intent, knowing that they broke the law or being malicious or whatever, then, oh, well, yeah, they did the thing, but they didn't know. And, and that's, that's basically what happened with, uh, specifically one of the, you know, the, the Donald Trump Jr. Trump Tower conversation with, you know, whoever that was that the, you, you guys remember it was all, yeah, the, you know, right, and, right. and it, it came down to, we can't, we don't think we could get a conviction on the campaign finance stuff because there's, we can't prove that Donald Trump Jr. had any understanding of what the campaign finance laws were and that this was basically he's an idiot defense. <laughs> yes, he is an idiot defense. Um, and, you know, and and I'm sure Donald can use that defense quite a bit as well. But like, yes, you know, he's I still can't imagine that he would enjoy like being brought into these things but he's done he's done depositions before he's done things you know they they uh you're right right when he was uh becoming president there was all that trump university stuff and you know so uh, yeah. which he settled that was the way he solved it yeah. which, which he settled um so I, I think there's some possibility for some drama there i think the the interesting thing there 
is on the on the New York side of things is that it so it had sort of receded from the headlines a bit. And so there was some question of, okay, they indicted uh, Trump University, not Trump University. They in, indicted the Trump org. Um, and so, but none of the people. And so there was some thought, okay, are they done? Are, are they going to, you know, push that against the org, but not do anything with individual people? No criminal stuff, no, no civil stuff against individual people, whatever. This sort of indicates the investigation is still continuing, uh, even though it had sort of dropped from the headlines and people weren't really thinking about it anymore. Um, and so we'll see. And this is the one that's like, you know, we, we talked about, um, you know, if, if you talk on the federal level and the DOJ and are they going to go after Trump for obstruction of justice uh, that was, you know, laid out in the Mueller report, or are they going to do, uh, you know, criminal charges related to January 6th or anything like that? And you get into all of the potential implications that has and all kinds of reasons why Garland may not want to go there. And we've, you know, none of those exist on the New York side. You know, New York can do whatever the fuck they want, basically, you know, um, and so I guess, you know, we'll see. Um, uh, <clears throat> you know, since, since I mentioned uh, the obstruction of justice thing, the one thing that I've seen pointed out this week um, is the statute of limitations on that, uh, specifically uh, the comey part of obstruction of justice the donald trump fired comey for the purpose of instruct obstructing the investigation which by the way he pretty much explicitly admitted to in a in an interview this last week on tv uh, well did he do that on tv earlier sort too? of like but the, yeah this is like, more directly yeah like the, the there were right after it happened there was that lester holt interview uh but this interview and i forget who it was with uh that happened in the last uh week week and a half um he was much more explicit he w he was basically like yeah look i shut down in that investigation and i probably wouldn't i probably wouldn't have been able to complete my presidency if i hadn't done that because you know blah 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 it, it, it's like it was very explicit like he shut down he 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 fired Comey to shut down the investigation that was working against him, you know? Um, and that, that's like practically the definition of obstruction of justice. Now you can, you can argue that he still had the right to blah, blah, blah. But anyway, the point is the statute of the statute of limitations runs out in May. So if anybody's going to do anything with that whatsoever, the clock is ticking. And we've talked about. I don't think anybody's going to do anything with that. And, I, and, and look, I agree. I, I think and, I think it's and, highly unlikely. And, and look, the the problem. I I will flat out agree with Nancy Pelosi on this. Look, the blowback on all of this is worse. I, I just don't see what the hell we are getting by making him a martyr to well, this shit. Well, see, the, okay? here, here's the thing, though. The, 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 I do the, think... Wait, but wait, wait, here's yeah. the competing priorities, though. Like, if you think about it politically, all of the kind of stuff you're talking about comes completely into it. Like, if you go after him, it's probably going to help him politically. But, like, from the point of view of the Department of Justice... They shouldn't be even caring about that shit. They should be, do I have the proof? If I have the proof, I go after him. If I think I can get a conviction, go. I, 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 now, I'm not sure they I, could get I, a conviction anyway. 
for reasons well, I've outlined before. But that's part of the problem. Just my, because my of how juries is, work. And, but that's, kind of and that's my point. My point is that if you don't feel, listen, you're you're going to do something that, yes, the law says, you know, is illegal, but you don't feel you're going to get a conviction. And on top of that, it's just going to make the situation worse. Then why the hell are you going to do it? Yeah, I, I, I just I it's just I just don't see I'm not one to take on uh, stuff for, uh, you know, for Pyrrhic victories like this. I, I'm I, I've and, been, and that's apparently part of the decision making process at DOJ has to be, you know, not just was there a crime? Can we prove it? Can we get a conviction? But can we all, get a conviction? No, but not even stopping it. Can we get a conviction? But also is pursuing this in the interest of the country. Right. And they have to, th that's part of the decision making process too. And so if that determination is that, you know, going after him would further inflame the situation in this country, which is already, you know, more divided than it's been in decades and, uh, you know, seems to be on the knife's edge of going some very dark directions. Do you really want to push, do something that while nominally is the quote unquote right thing to do, um, might push us further into that bad direction. And look, it's like this whole thing. You said, shared this story about, uh, some guy, uh, set fire to the Fox news, uh, Christmas tree. Yes. Yes. I mean, you know, ha ha ha, whatever we think about it. And then, oh my God, how they have used this to just inflame people more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that, you know, the, I, yes. Well, the, the guy who set fire to the tree may have thought, ha ha ha, funny, funny. Uh, and, and, and frankly, I laughed when I first saw the tree was on fire. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> well, at first I thought, well, here's the thing. At first I thought it just caught fire. Right. You know, like the Christmas tree could caught to catch fire. Right. So I thought that was, so I thought that was funny. I'm like, oh, the Christmas tree caught fire. It all happens, you know. But then when I found out that somebody set it on fire, I'm like, oh, God, no. As soon as I saw that, yes, someone had actually set fire to the damn thing. I was like, oh, that was so counterproductive, so pointless. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, it's the same, you know, yeah, uh, it, that, the, that helps nothing that makes things worse. Um, now I, I'll, I'll be honest though, I, on these sort of prosecutions, I really feel like, yes, I, I understand some of the political blowback, but at the same time, if you just let some of these things go completely unexamined and unprosecuted and with no consequences whatsoever, you're just giving, you're just proving that a sitting president and their family and their administration can do whatever the fuck they want and there will never be any consequence. And that will be a lesson that is learned by forget whether or not Donald Trump comes back in 2024. It's every president for the rest of history. Okay. Can I, can I, but the problem is that the way to have addressed this was, is one of the things that we had talked about is strengthening the laws and institutions, uh, you know, around all of these, um, things that we called like, uh, 
It's not the word traditions that we used. Yes. We, we, we use these were the customs of the office or whatever, how things used to be handled that weren't codified. But that that's what presidents used to do. But that they really had no teeth to inf- to enforce them. And, and and wait, and guess what? Again, and guess what? A bill has ha- has a bill has passed the House to do exactly what you just said in a whole bunch of different areas, but. Has no chance in the Senate because of the filibuster, and nobody's getting rid of the filibuster, so not a damn fucking thing is happening with any of that. And the Republicans don't want to do it. Right? I mean, because I would think, and this Nor- is the thing that- By that, the way, that, that, norms that, that, is the word you were looking for. Norms. 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 Yes. Norms. I couldn't remember. Norm! That's what I was- <laughs> Cheers. He's still alive, so there you go. Anyway, um, continue, continue. But uh, you know, uh, I, I just, you know, gosh, you got me with Norm. What the hell? You derailed me. What now? It was like no. Oh, in terms of all these, you know, norms. Okay, that we're talking about. Do Republicans really want? A democracy that really isn't functioning right now. That's what they have oh, come oh, to. Oh, the you conclusion. think they want a democracy of any sort? Come on. <laughs> um, I think that when it suits them. Yeah, I it, look. What? Yeah. Um, but but that wasn't the case like twenty years ago. Is what I'm uh, my, my point. No, no. I I I just you know. I think, yeah, back then, would they sit down and they negotiate the rules and they were like looking at the rule book and they're saying, hey, you know what? No, we're going to make this more difficult here. We don't want this so easy. We'll do this, roll that. But, but you know, Democrats did that as well. Let's be clear about this. Mm-hmm. You know, but this, this what, what's been happening now goes way beyond that. Way, way beyond that. Um, And I, I think the... The biggest thing that we know right now is that uh, the Republicans have decided that this is the normal that they want, that it isn't just Trump. Right. That um, that what Trump did is unleash it uh, in a way that I don't think any of us foresaw. You know, I, I remember we were doing all of these comparisons you know, it, early in the Trump administration. People were act, a- asking questions like, you know, is he Hitler or is he Berlusconi or, you know, is, is he Hitler? Is he, Mus- is he Hitler? Is he Mussolini? Is he Berlusconi? And we were like, ah, he's sort of Berlusconi. But w- w- what seems to be closer to the truth is he's more like Orban. You know, the Eastern European uh, folks who have sort of took power through a democratic election, but then as soon as they got into power, started rapidly working to dismantle those institutions to turn it into something that they had more direct authoritarian control over, including the instruments of how elections worked and how the press worked and how everything else worked to guarantee that they were able to stay in power. Um, And that's the model they seem to be going after. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree, but, but, um, but the model, it, it didn't start that way. I think that, I, I think that the one thing is that, um, the, um, 
there's a certain thing about the level of propaganda that they use and how the messaging and how important the messaging is that I, I've, I've said this before that it, it more was a hallmark more of what I saw of people like Hugo Chavez and the Mm, like, right in that way. Um, that they were real masters of the complete, you know, just lie and fabrication to the extreme that the facts just completely didn't matter. Because even to a lot of these other dictators that we talked about, the, you know, they kind of like made like some of the twisted facts, but the facts that matter. I mean, to, to, to Trump and their, and their folks, they don't care about completely making everything up from scratch. It's, it's a, it, they don't even need a nugget of, of, of fact truth that they are twisting. No, they just flat out lie. They just will flat out say at noon, middle of the day, hey, it's dark outside. Yeah. Period. So be- before we end, I do I do want to hit the January 6th stuff uh, for a little bit. Uh, there are a couple of interesting things. Um, one uh, was Mark Meadows, uh, the, Trump's chief of staff, uh, had originally said he was going to cooperate with the committee. Um, and then his book came out and his book had some things that were negative about Trump. And apparently there was some blowback. So he then changed his mind and decided he's not going to cooperate after all. However, and it looks like he's going to be held in contempt and stuff. But however, it now appears that before he decided not to cooperate anymore, he'd already handed over all kinds of shit, all kinds of, you know, text messages, documents, whatever, that do seem to actually be relevant to what was going on. You know, there, there was some talk that, you know, wh- where it really broke down was like he he refused to hand over anything that was really relevant. But no, apparently before he decided to change his mind, he was. And like one of these things um, is apparently a PowerPoint presentation uh, that was being passed around the administration um, that was I don't understand exactly what they were going to do. It sounds like they were going to pass it around to to Congress to try to convince them on January 6th to do what they wanted. Uh, here, here are a few things uh, from it. Um, uh, and, and I'm just going to hit some of these highlights. Uh, apparently the whole document, I have not read the whole document. I've, uh, I've just seen some highlights from it, but apparently it was like 70 some slides long. 70-some slides long, uh, but here's one. Recommendations. Brief senators and congressmen on foreign interference. Declare national security emergency. Foreign influence and control of electronic voting systems. Declare electronic voting in all states invalid. Legal and genuine paper ballot counts or constitutional remedy delegated to Congress. Um, they had talking points. Here's some talking points from this document. The Chinese systematically gained control over our election system, constituting a national security emergency. The electronic voting machines were compromised and cannot be trusted to provide an accurate vote count. To restore confidence, the failsafe of counting the paper ballots must be used to determine who won the election for presidents, senators, congressional representatives. Hand counts reported by the media are not really hand counts and easily subverted. Um, They 
To restore confidence in the 2020 general election, they say the following, clear the air, count and compare. The tabulators cannot be trusted nationwide and many counterfeit ballots have been inserted. Therefore, a full check to weed out counterfeit paper ballots and then a count of the remaining legal ones must be done. All ballots must remain locked and physically protected. A task. Listen, f- I get that they have that document. Wait, but wait, wait, wait. Listen, yeah. listen, but I'm sorry. Yes. But th- this document is somebody's wet dream. Okay. And I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not taking, listen, nobody, nobody, nobody that was in charge of anything was even remotely close to doing everything that that it, that document said. Uh, now, uh, wait, wait, wait. Now, that, that, wait. That, that, uh, you, you just said something that's not true. You said nobody which, which was remotely part, which, close. There are a number to yeah, executing th- all, everything that is in that. No, no, document. I, I, no. It, that's true. Everything that, that's true. But you didn't need everything. They, this was the throwing everything at the wall. But they absolutely were really close on, uh, you know, the the certification in uh, what was it, Michigan or whatever. They had this one guy on the edge, and he eventually went to it. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. The, but, but but okay, all right. But, 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 but listen, listen. But I'm sorry. Yes. But but look at the other steps that we're talking about in there well here eliminating all the electronic ballots listen most states were not even use electronic ballots in the last fucking election so what the fuck are we talking about throwing out what are they talking about is my point well well, as usual none of this has any particular you know the 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 point was just to freeze what i'm saying is that okay yeah 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 but but it's like okay i i so and look the, the listen, bottom the bottom line get, on, the bottom I, I wait get, wait I just I just want to say this listen. the bottom line on how close we got went to you know one person fucking Mike what? Pence saved us <laughs> you know like if he had decided to go along with any of this bullshit then it would have been thrown into complete chaos the what they wanted for him specifically was for him to seat Republican electors over the objections of Democrats or to reject electors from the states where fraud occurred, causing the election to be decided by the remaining, or delay the decision, you know, et cetera. If Mike Pence had gone along with this, then things would have gone nuts. Now, give him credit. Now, apparently, he was wavering on this, too. He was wondering what he should do. He ended up, he was calling a bunch of people saying, what are my options? And we heard the reports that it was fucking Dan Quayle who convinced him well, that he I had think, no choice. Well, well the question you know? was a little bit different. The question was a little bit different, that he knew what he had to do, but obviously, he was getting the screws put on him by by Trump, okay? And he was like, it is question, his question to Dan was, you know, he was like, look, he's telling me this. There is no way out of this, right? Yes. Like, and like, dad was like, yeah, right. There is no way out of what you're doing. Now, and fundamentally, look, I, I know you are, you are right that this is somebody's wet dream of what they wanted to happen. I think that's a good characterization of it. But this was being passed around. This was being pushed by the administration. They were trying to do this. And the fact that they failed utterly does not change the fact that this is this is the shit they were trying to make happen. No, um, I get that. But my, but my my thing is that, look, it goes back to what were, it, it, you know, the reason why I was like going through it is that, it, look, this entire thing about the voting machines or whatever. Let's talk about the weak spots, the true weak spots, okay? Which is like you said. The big weak spot was, you know, 
what you talked about the vice president, okay, and how he could have, based on what I understand could have happened, is basically made the, you know, delayed it, pushed it. Because if he didn't certify, then I'm not sure what the hell the process after that would have been. Well, it's okay? all, the, here's the thing. the the It would have been completely and totally undefined. The law that governs this does not say what to do in that scenario. So people would have been like making it up as they went along. Right. But still, it would have gone back to a House and Senate that was not controlled by the it, it it still would have been it would have been a mess but here's the thing what i'm saying that the choke points you know this whole thing about all the ballots were electronic it goes back to where the how to strengthen the voting in the states itself but it, it listen this entire thing is a, a whole problem right now well and more because more because the first thing that i had said earlier we started this discussion that you've got a, a one party that's decided that they don't even give a shit about the, the democracy anymore. Yeah, and, and I think this, that's this, really the problem. I, I think this is the key, and also that because of that, they uh, for, forget about like the voter suppression stuff. Right. The making sure they have control of the mechanisms for the counting has been going on very aggressively all around the country. All of these spots where, as you correctly point out. The people in charge did the right things. There were there were Republican governors who signed off on election results. There were Republican secretaries of state who signed off on election results. There were, you know, you, the, the election officials up and down the chain that, you know, said, you know, hey, this, sorry, I'm a Republican too, but the count is what the count was. And they have been systematically working to get rid of those people, swap them out with people who are a little bit more flexible with the facts, and change the laws to make more choke, not choke points, and, and change the laws no, to make yeah, more points, more choke points, to to make more points where the state legislatures could change things, where they could interfere. I saw a, a note earlier today that you know part of the law in Georgia is allowing the state legislature to take over from local election boards where they believe the local election board is compromised. And guess what? In Georgia, the legislature is Republican, and they are already taking moves to take over the election boards in democratic counties like around Atlanta. Um, and that that's already happening, you know, and yes, that that's absolutely going on. And so anyway, my to, back to the investigation stuff. I think what was interesting here, here, here here's the thing. Yeah. My, the, my whole question is whether changing the counters changed accounts. And, and so look, it, 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 like we said before, even with Republicans in charge at many places, it's still the counts didn't change the counts. The ca changing the counters didn't change the counts. And so my thing is, because what, what we're talking about here is just outright fraud. Because unless, you know, look, if there are, I understand sometimes how they're like, well, you know, we had the issue here with counting them. Remember, we had our hanging jads and whatever, yeah, yeah. or what the hell was a vote. That's one thing, okay? But what we're talking about here is properly marked ballots that that somebody would say, ah, 
We're not counting. Well, those. yes. Well, what? Because, what? Yeah, exactly. What they are looking for, what they are trying to do right now is like Raffsenberger in Georgia. Like when Donald Trump called him up and said, "I need seventeen thousand more votes," said, "You're out of your fucking mind." They're trying to make sure there's no such person in place, and instead there'll be somebody that says, "Yes, sure. Yes, sir. I'll find you seventeen thousand votes, or I'll, or I'll." Well, no, because the problem is, yes, I'll try to find you seventeen thousand no, votes, no. but my whole point the, is the, the that way you, it, look. The, it's still uh, the way Sam, it, the, the way whole it, thing is that I'm like okay how do you find seventeen thousand votes no, that the, you could you, go you, you don't and like find, say that the, you don't find the seventeen thousand extra votes you invalidate seventeen thousand votes for pretextual no, I know. reasons how do you find seventeen thousand votes to invalidate is my point well because of course, uh, even uh, still when you go to the law the law says what is a valid vote or not? Would you create... Like, here's the problem that what happens with this. And, and this is the more the reality. Yes. What you create with that is legal chaos. Yes. Because if you think that it's just not... Oh, oh, they're just going to take out 17,000 ballots. And, oh, what do you think? They're not Democratic observers over there. And that that, that it isn't going to create a massive shit show of epic proportions. No, no. It You're out of your fucking mind. It absolutely what, would. What, what, it would go through the courts. Yes. All you have to do in this case, for instance, is... Say, for instance, uh, the Georgia example, you just have them not certify the votes from from Atlanta and say you're only counting the rest of the state because there was crazy stuff in Atlanta. And so we just Let can't count it, it. it this way. How many people you think, because believe me, I'm one of them taking my car and going up there. How many people you think will, will, will wind up in <laughs> fucking Atlanta blockading the fucking city if the if the if the Republicans try to do that? Because I'll be one of them. Well, I'll I guarantee you that. And th that, yes, that's, that's the whole thing is. And if that's the shit show that they want, bring it on because I'm going to, I'm, I'm going up there to, to those fuckers. They don't know what the hell they're, here's the one thing that I, I will tell you. They don't know the shit that they're trying to start. Okay. Well, half of them want a civil war. They keep thinking because no, no, because they want to start because this is the thing. They thought that this shit that they started with Q and whatever, that they could control it, too. Okay? These guys don't... Th these guys keep thinking that they can control what they unleash. Okay? And they don't. And they keep playing with this shit. Mm -hmm. They want to start worse because I'm telling you that they do that and they'll unleash will make this shit look like nothing. Yeah, I mean the the other way to do it, by the way, is uh, some of these uh, states are 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 looking at laws that basically just say even after the vote has happened, if the legislature decides that there's question, just whatever question, the legislator would would be able to just go ahead and uh, appoint the electors. You know, so there there are all kinds of stuff here. But anyway, I I I want to get back to the point. Like I was giving the example of the document that the interesting thing with Meadows was he apparently gave a whole lot of incriminating shit uh, before he decided not to cooperate. The other thing that's going on is that uh, the the Trump legal attempts to stop disclosure of presidential documents from the National Archive to the committee uh, have been working their way through the courts faster than most people thought they would go. Um, and they lost again uh, this week uh, with the court <laughs> saying that, you know, the Donald Trump attempt to uh, claim executive privilege on these documents 
is, is just completely bogus because a it's the current president who gets to decide not the ex-president and b these the the documents requested are highly relevant to a event of great historical significance that congress has a right to look into um uh next stop uh everyone seems to presume that donald trump will appeal this to the supreme court uh and uh and then now, this is one of the things where Donald Trump may be hoping that, hey, my justices will come through for me. Uh, but it seems like most people seem to think that the court probably will decide not even to take the case and just That's to let the lower yeah. cases, l- lower courts stand. Court decisions stand, yeah. Um, in, in which case the documents could uh, head over, uh, you know, as, you know, before Christmas. Um, I think it's the 22nd or something like that where the, you know, is currently, or, or that, or that the court may decide to get involved, but not actually change anything. I think my, my whole thing about this, that, it, that it, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this again, that, that these documents are gonna be anticlimactic. Well, this is the problem we have with all of this stuff, right? Like, the documents will give us more detail about things where we already right. know the overall outline of exactly. what happened. Like, you know, the one people, one thing that I've heard people saying that they're looking for is, you know, a smoking gun that Donald Trump was cheering on the people doing violence at the Capitol. Didn't we okay? already know that, that that's true? We, we, we have we have heard that through unconfirmed grapevine people talking about what right, Ivanka but was. but my point is yeah. that we've already heard it from yeah, people. Exactly. That, okay, we don't, we don't have like the, the, the you know, uh, we don't have like the smoking gun, but we've already heard from certain... Yeah number of reliable sources that that did happen i, I think so just I, because it's documented uh, to me it doesn't be, i'm like okay great so now you know now we what? have confirmation now yeah so now what yeah i mean a lot of this is just going to be more detail and more color to stuff where we already know basically what happened we're not going to have like some mega surprise of something that is like, oh my god, I, we had no idea that was going on. I mean, in 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 because I don't think we're gonna get something where you know Donald Trump specifically ordered go hang Mike Pence. You know, I, no, I don't Did think he that, ordered a code red. I I don't think that's what happened. I mean, the goal there was to intimidate Mike Pence into doing the things they wanted to, or failing that yeah, to just yeah, delay. You don't know what things. ordering the code red is. I know no, exactly, but I that. don't care. Right. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I I I I've seen the Jack Nicholson speech. Whatever. Okay. Oh, you did. Uh, okay. Good. No. No. My I, God, I don't think I've. Have I seen the whole movie? I'm not sure if I've seen the whole movie, but I've certainly seen the speech. I think I've seen the whole movie. Um. But in any case, um. Yeah, the the goal was to intimidate Mike Pence and or failing that, just delay the certification so that they had more time for legal shenanigans elsewhere. Like there was, yeah, there there were a few state legislators that are starting to think about things they wouldn't otherwise. And, you know, just more time to stir the pot, basically, was what they were looking for. Donald Trump was not actually giving like an order to kill Nancy Pelosi or Mike Pence. I, I would be shocked if I ever saw that. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to be more detail about things that we already know. And so the question of, well, what the fuck is the impact of it when we finally get there? I don't know. Maybe there'll be some more clim- criminal referrals to DOJ, but then we get into all of the same issues we talked about before. Um, you know, cause you, you're not gonna, you're not gonna change 
you're not going to change minds based on this in terms of election results with the, with the exception of, like you said, if you make him into a martyr, he'll gain support. Yes. And I don't want that. Yeah. So, okay. I think we're done, Yvonne. Okay. Are you ready right, to be we're done? done? Are you ready to be done? I'm ready to yeah, be done. Yeah, let's be done. Uh, I'm ready to be done. Yeah. So, okay. Time for the stuff at the end. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, if you want to see our archive, if you want to see anything like that, go to our website. It's curmudgeon. Wait, curmudgeon? Curmudgeon? Yeah, curmudgeons. Curmudgeons-corner.com. Curmudgeon. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, something. Something. Uh, karma, 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 chameleon. <laughs> no. Wrong one. <laughs> I can't even sing that very well. Curmudgeons-corner.com. You'll find Come all of go. the ways to contact us. Come you'll find our archive. Go. And importantly, oh. you'll find our link to our Patreon, uh, which is where you could give us a little tip. We appreciate the, the cash money coming in. We're making a fortune off of this. Oh, we're retiring off of that money, let me tell you. Sam just sent me to balance last week, and I'm like, I'm moving up my retirement day. Woo-hoo! <laughs> Just to be clear, folks, at the moment, we're making less than $15 a month off the Patreon. So, you know, if you feel so bad for us. 50 cent, 50 cents a day, basically. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're uh, if you feel bad for us, if you if you feel sympathetic. Uh, I, I'm not moving up my retirement date, dot, dot, you know, on 50 cents a day. That's, that's, you know. but, but, hey, we've used that $15 a month. We have. To, we to, have definitely to do found good uses for the money. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, the sound quality of the show has definitely improved because of the Patreon. <laughs> uh, so anyway, at various levels on the Patreon, we'll send you a mug, we'll send you a postcard, we'll mention you on the show, all that kind of stuff. At two dollars a month or more, <laughs> at two dollars a month or more, or if you just contact us and are nice to us and ask, we will invite you to our Curmudgeon's Corner Slack, which is a little chat room where Yvonne and I and several of our listeners are throughout the week uh, sharing links, talking about whatever. So Yvonne, what are a few things that were mentioned on the Curmudgeon's Corner Slack over the last week that we have not talked about on the show? That we have not talked about on the show. Well... We did share the story that the FDA has authorized the first monoclonal antibody for use as a pre-exposure prophylaxis against COVID-19 among people with suppressed immune system. And that was one hell of a mouthful. Let me tell and, you and, and just to be clear, this is not a substitute for vaccination for like just No, this is for people. immunocompromised folks that, you know, have, have weak... Uh, immune reaction to the vaccines it's a it's an additional treatment that helps improve their protection against covid yes yes so anyway uh let's see uh i shared the story about a flying boat that went around the world after Pearl Harbor was attacked, there was a, a Pan Am Clipper boat. Oh, oh, oh okay. the, old, the old planes that were water landing. I, 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 I w- I, it took me a while to put it together with the article you sent. And I was just thinking, you know, I was thinking a boat with wings and flapping. And you know, that, no, that's not what Yeah, was a, they were called flying boats. I, mean, it was I a, know they were airplane. called it was a flying yes, boats. I, 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 I now remember those were called flying boats, but that is not the first image that came into my mind. It was like a flying so, rowboat. So this was like the first commercial aircraft uh, airliner that actually went around the world back 
in, uh, you know, at the beginning of World War II. And let me tell you something, it's one hell of a harrowing trip to get that airplane to go around the world. It was quite a, a quite a circuitous route. Uh, so, for so, one. so basically, it had, first of all, it had to not go on its intended route because of Pearl Harbor. Nope. And then it had to go completely the opposite direction to get back to the United Correct. States. And yeah, it come from the West coast of the U S it got, it was flying down to New Zealand and then it was going to go back to like Hawaii and go back to the U S but it couldn't go that route. And, and presumably, and then on the way back, it had to like avoid war zones and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, and so, yes, the, the thing is, but that was on the way back. Well, and either, well, it was worse on going, you know, the original New Zealand, Honolulu, San Francisco route. So they went the other direction, but there was war everywhere. Okay. Thus the name um, World War II. Yes. But, the, but, well, okay. But you say world, but there were places that there weren't. I know, the, the, I know, was, but the, you know, the, it was in called... the middle of uh, in the middle of the Amazon. There wasn't like yes, it was like, for example. Once they got to South America, okay, the rest of the trip was a cinch. Okay, yes, yes. It, 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 from, it, World, uh, World War II did not actually involve the entire planet; just a much larger portion of it than previous wars. Right, and so you know, they they went. They and, and by the way, they didn't have uh I think they went, they just had to buy some an atlas from from a, a library in New Zealand. They had no charts. Nice. And so they went around the world in this way. It was it was amazing. I mean, they went through. They had to go through Africa. They avoid Europe. I mean, it, look. I mean, they landed on a river in this damn thing. I mean, it was just you know, it, it was it was crazy. It, it was crazy, but they did it. It took them thirty days, but they but. But, but they got this thing around the world. Nice. So so that was so that was that's one of the stories I share on the Slack. Um, by the way, back then, uh, it, aside from being a flying boat, the, the the airplane was quite big itself. Um, it had sleeping quarters. Nice. Um, it had full sleeping quarters. Uh, uh, you know, a full kitchen and stuff or whatever. So they were able to get provisions and stuff or whatever, and they weren't. You know, that part at least is more comfortable than some of our current flights. Right. Um, okay, so, uh, oh, Devin Nunez is <laughs> is quitting the house to be the CEO of Trump's media company. And apparently our uniform reaction was like, Devin Nunez is such an idiot that he thinks that Donald Trump is not going to stiff him? Or, or just that this business is going to go anywhere but south. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so, um, more articles that we shared about Kamala Harris getting, I don't know, people are trying to, to, to torpedo her for whatever reason. I, I the, 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 the latest one a couple days ago was about the fact that for security reasons, she won't use Bluetooth and people were making fun of her as being paranoid. And then a whole bunch of security people were like, look, that's actually good. Bluetooth actually isn't all that secure. And yeah. it's one thing if it's just you listening to your music walking down the street, but she's the fucking vice president and she's an active target for all kinds of stuff. I actually think she's it's actually smart. And and there was something else about her buying some expensive cookware and it is just all kinds of bullshit. I mean, cookware? Really? Yeah. This she, is the problem? She bought like a $300 pot and people are like, 
Oh my god, she bought an expensive- I got the president billing us for like $300 for water glasses at the fucking Mar-a-Lago. They're worried about her buying a $300 fucking pot which she can use more than once? With her own money. Yes. Yeah, okay. Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, somebody's out to get her. Not sure who the guy is throwing the hatchet around. Um, you know, um, we had a lot of threats towards schools. We shared some st- stuff about that. And, uh, and Sam, every time he hears Omicron things off the Unicron. Yes. Which Unicron. is a fictional supervillain from the Transformers media franchise. Yep. Every time I hear, uh, Omicron, I keep thinking of the Omega sector, which is the last line of defense. Okay. So anything we shared that on the Slack. Anything else um, you want? Uh, let me see. I'll go with one more. Okay, one more. Sam was very excited that he's going to start creating a whole line of NFTs. <laughs> because apparently <laughs> some, uh, you know, very, uh, 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 you know, blocky, low-res image was sold for $10 million. Uh, 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 it was like a picture of a monkey or something doing something um i, I guess it was, look, I, I, was it, is that the, a fish on the monkey's head or i don't hat? even know what it was a hat a fish i, I don't know it's a monkey doing something uh very low res it's like but it, it, it's like 15 pixels by 20 or something like that um yeah, at 10 million dollars at, at 10 million dollars and, and, and we've realized that we're in the wrong fucking business now I know, however, that you know, most NFTs are not selling at all or selling for very low dollar amounts, et cetera. But, you know, and I've seen people talk about that, you know, NFTs, this is basically just, this is just the coolest new mechanism for money laundering. I mean, I, 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 I'm guessing. Um, I mean, what the fuck? I mean, really? Like, some, yeah, like, really? This monkey? I mean, and look, you know, art has been used like this forever um you know the 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 prices on art have been crazy but like for these things i mean people are generating like people are auto generating uh small digital images to sell as nfts and they're it's fucking ridiculous and every once in a while some of them sell for outrageous amounts and it's just like really really there, there can't be a legitimate reason dollars i mean they gotta be money laundering how did they got to be how the fuck anyway um one more thing okay one more again i requalified as executive platinum status Mm, i shared this on there for so so this is the this is the top tier elite status at american airlines Ah, okay all right basically you've got gold you've got platinum and you've got Platinum Pro, okay, and then there's the Executive Platinum. Without actually flying a single flight during the year <laughs> 2021. Nice. Which is the first time that that has happened. I am pretty sure that it had to be before 1983. Okay. Excellent. Uh, that, that, that long. Uh, it had to be, and it may have been in the seventies because I, I think I may have flown at least once a year. It may have been sometime in the seventies. It's the first time I have not boarded a commercial aircraft in a year. Amazing. I, it, but, but, but somehow 
apparently, well, the thing is that America threw me an offer, which was basically, hey, you've got one of our credit cards. Yeah. Look, if you spend X amount of money on it, you can keep your status. Mm-hmm. Because you've been a loyal customer for many years. I'm like, okay, fine. So I actually reached the amount of money to spend on the on the credit card. And so they let me keep it. And actually, they're changing the rules for 2022, where they will give you status now, which they didn't used to do. You could do it purely on credit card spend. Okay. Okay. You don't have to actually fly one flight segment. Uh, now, flying will get you there a lot faster because I believe, and I don't, I don't, there's no way, I, I don't think I could do this. I cannot, I don't think I could, maybe if I could pay off, pay my mortgages and cars on the card, maybe, you know, something like that. But the spend required next year that I would have to do in order to achieve the status without flying a single flight is $200,000 on a credit card. I, there is, I don't. No, I don't think I could do it. I I don't. I'm pretty. No, I, I I've added. No, I, I wouldn't be even close. No. <laughs> okay. Now, if I could jam everything that I do, maybe recycle money. We talk about laundering money. There you go. I should go, buddy. Put it in somehow. Figure out how to get it back out. Put it back. <laughs> Okay. Maybe. Okay. 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 Enough. Enough. You don't want me to get creative we, we, on that? No. You know, we we done several shows in a row sticking under two hours. I think we have failed this week. We are decently over two hours. I think so. Let's end this. We are done. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Uh, as usual, have a great week. Uh, stay safe. Do all the you know you know stuff. So you don't think that I should try to pay my mortgage with a credit card and every, I should try to pay everything that I do with a credit card. Everything. I mean, literally everything. Only if you also somehow involve Bitcoin. Ah, well, that is one thing I did, by the way. Uh, Yes. I did actually, I did purchase Bitcoin, (gasps) but I purchased, wait, I purchased (laughs) the Bitcoin ETF. Ah, okay. So I did purchase, I did put a certain amount of my, of my, of my, it just, damn, I, I just, I put a relatively, you know, I, I put a small part of my portfolio and just said, all right, just, just fucking put some money on this shit. The hell anyway. Everybody's making fucking money on it. If I lose it, I'm not gonna. And, 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 and we are done. Thank you all. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Later.